Hi, this is Catherine Elizabeth <clears throat> for Train by Grace 2. And God has just blessed me with some awesome teaching this week, and I'm hoping I can, in part, at least pass it on. And I thank Him for His teaching. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness. And Lord, we we talk about your mercy, and yet there's going to be a time when you bring us to accountability. And Lord, you say that you're going to finish the work you started in us, and we believe you in that, and we look forward to that, and we ask that you show us how to cooperate with that work that you're doing in us so that we may be fruitful in season and out of season. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. So, um, my church service was over Mark 11. And starting with um, verse 20. They passed by a fig tree. Now, Jesus had cursed this fig tree earlier. And then he went to Jerusalem and he had cleaned out the temple. And Mark, all the way through the gospel of Mark, pairs stories. And it's a very similar story. The fig tree is not all about the fig tree. Um, and then so in verse 20, as they passed by in the morning, Mark eleven twenty, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. Verse 21, and Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Verse 22, and Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Which is an interesting answer. And as my pastor said, move on to verse 23. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. What they were looking at was the temple. According to what I was given here. I have heard somebody say it was... Herod's um, palace, which was not that far away from the same place, both of which um, didn't survive after AD 70. But basically, the structures and the hierarchy of the world are something that we can't have faith in. What Jesus is saying is that the day of the temple rather than having faith in a system or a formula which has never been god's way we were supposed to and in jesus is redeclaring it here have faith in god himself and what god has done through jesus is make us his temple he has chosen to reach out to us, redeem us, fill us with his Holy Spirit, and, and anoint us 
sanctifying us as we journey through this life. And instead of some rigid formula, this is a relationship with a God who who never has a shadow of turning. So it is more solid. There is no shadow. It is more solid than that temple would ever have been. And then Jesus says something that has kind of been used all by itself. And I think we, we, we struggle and get things wrong when we take things out of context. It says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received in it and it will be yours. Verse 25, and whatever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. These verses always put me in a little bit of awe. The one about forgiveness I remember struggling with as a teenager in Bible camp. Somebody brought this up and and you know, I was brought up and um, as a teenager attended a Baptist church. So this was a Baptist camp and we were discussing, you know, the surety of salvation, the security of salvation and and our cabin leader said, you know, I, I don't know where this falls, but here's the thing. God expects us to forgive others. And the more and more I've studied this, God expects us to forgive others. And what's interesting is in the Old Testament, there really was no sacrifice for trespasses. There were sacrifices for sins that were inadvertent or sins of forgetfulness or sins of ignorance. But as far as pure trespasses, I am going to sin, I know I'm going to sin. There were, there were some things the law did not cover. So when he says, the Heavenly Father, so that your Father who also in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. This is a very bold statement. And we are to forgive when other people do unintentional things. Because in eternity, what matters is our relationship to God. In eternity, what matters is our relationship to God. And we start eternity the moment we start our relationship with Him. So what people do to us, what people say, yes, it hurts, yes, it's hard. But... God has forgiven us all the times when we've said things, when we have not glorified Him, when we have not acted like His child, when we have trespassed intentionally. We have to recognize that that places us in the same boat. God, thank you for forgiving our sins. Thank you for forgiving our trespasses. So then we'll back up to this verse that is often taken out of this passage. 
And it says, therefore, I tell you, verse 24, whatever you ask in prayer. And we just kind of skip over the word prayer. We just assume praying is whatever we say out loud. Prayer is not whatever we say out loud. Prayer is a petition to God. And if we were in the royal court, which we are, when we enter the presence of God, we wouldn't ask anything of a king that was against his will for our glory. We would ask him for things that are to the benefit of the kingdom. And I think we take that out of context sometimes. And we think that whatever we want, that we run the kingdom. That whatever we want, we can have out of this verse. And that's not it. We are asking in prayer, in that position of kingdom petition. Believe that you have received it. God wants his kingdom to grow. He wants us to share and glorify him with other people. So make sure, and this is something that I've had to think about, rather than have selfish prayers, have kingdom prayers. And pray them boldly. And be ready, like Moses had to be ready, to do something with it. Because the next phrase there, and it will be yours, might very well mean that you have something to do about it. That God will say, okay, I'm going to grant that, but I want you to do something with it. It's not like, oh, okay, God bless those people over there. As, as James reminds us, the faith without works is dead. God may very well say, okay, I am going to bless those people over there. And you're going to be part of it. You're going to put it together. You're going to load the truck. You're going to take this, take whatever it is. You're going to teach whatever it is. You're going to be a part of it. And I thank God he equips us to do that. And then he gives us roots. And he gives us fruit. The point is the temple system had forgotten. They no longer wanted to reach out to other people. In fact, the court that Jesus cleared out was the court of the Gentiles in which people were supposed to be healed and saved and brought into relationship with God, but had been filled with all this other stuff. And I pray that the marketplace of the world is not in our temple. That it all gets cleaned out for him and in his name. That we may take his love and his light to the world around us. Lord, grant that that happens in me.
You say that teachers are held to a higher and more accountable standard. And Lord, I just ask that you would help me to reach that accountable standard by your mercy and your grace and your teaching and your sanctifying in my life. Lord, help each one of us to be fruitful even in tough seasons. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy and for giving us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.